Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 2, Episode 16, Hidden Things. And I kind of want to pick up a little bit on what we did last week when we were talking about your heart condition, about having your heart right, because everything you do flows from the heart. I'm really, really kind of stuck on this idea about living from the inside out. And if you've followed my ministry for, you know, any real amount of time, you know that that's one of my themes. That's one of my building blocks. That's one of my foundation, foundational truths that I really build everything else on is the truth that what is inside of you will come out of you. Or more accurately, what you believe is inside of you will come out of you. We do live from the inside out, whether we know it or not, whether we accept it or not, whether we've ever even thought about it or not, because what's inside of you is too big and too powerful not to come out, whatever it is. Your faith or your belief in what's inside of you is what makes it that strong and makes it that powerful. So, for example, if you believe that you're a sinner and if you believe that God is angry with you, and if you believe that you're on a highway to hell, that's going to dictate your whole entire life. That's You're going to do whatever it is that you do based on that belief. It's, it's the whole idea of, uh, I didn't look this verse up, but God just dropped it into my spirit for my intro here. It's the whole idea of uh, where the Bible says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Because either you know and believe that God loves you, and you do everything that you do in order to experience that love by sharing that love, by giving it away, because, you know, love is giving. Or you don't know and believe that God loves you, and you do everything you do in order to get what you think you don't have. And that second option is such a bad option, because we think the only way to get what we don't have is by being something that we're not. We think we have to change. We think we have to be somebody else because we don't think God accepts us as we are. And unfortunately, I think that comes from a kind of traditional religious mindset because I heard for a long time the kind of buzzword or catchphrase that said, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And I think that that's, I think that's a big quote unquote religious belief is that God loves you, but no, there's no but. Love is unconditional. I absolutely, positively, 100% agree that God loves you just the way you are. Period. Full stop. He doesn't need to change you into something you're not. What he needs to do, and what we're really going to focus on quite a bit today in, the, in this episode, is he doesn't need to change you into something you're not. He needs to show you what you really are by showing you who he really is. Because that's who you really are. Jesus is our true identity. God in the flesh, love in a body. And that's what we're talking about today when we're talking about hidden things. Because our true identity, it's inside of us. It's hidden. Sometimes it's even buried under all the ideas and, and you know all of our history, all of our past mistakes, uh, what the world is screaming at us and, and, and trying to convince us that we're supposed to do or supposed to be. Who we really are gets hidden sometimes. It gets buried. And it's hard to see it, and it's hard to feel it, and it's hard to reveal it. 
But according to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, it is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. Which is interesting because, as we know, we are kings and priests, you know, equipped and empowered to, to rule and to reign on this earth at this present time. But an even deeper understanding. So, so you could say, well, God hides it and then I have to discover it. I have to figure it out. I have to search it out. <laughs> But to me, an even deeper meaning for this is it's God's privilege to conceal things and the king of kings privilege to discover them. God is not depending on your effort to figure things out. God is more than ready, willing and able to show you what he wants you to see, to teach you what he wants you to know. There's a, a, a beautiful passage in the Message Bible that I've read, you know, before and, and not too long ago when uh, talking about the unforced rhythms of grace, when Jesus talks about come away with me, learn from me, walk with me. Jesus wants to show you these things. He wants to, I almost said he wants to give you these things, but really he's already given us all these things. He wants to show us what he has given us and how to experience, how to use, how to enjoy the things that he's given us. And the short answer to that is you experience what God has given you by giving it away. Love is giving. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are called to live out of your abundance. God gives you so that you can give to others. Nobody ever went broke by being generous. Okay? Give what you've got. Be faithful with small things and God will give you even greater things. And by be faithful, I don't mean hoard up. I don't mean hide. I don't mean, you know, the parable about uh, the talents where where one guy dug in the dirt and, and hit it because uh, he, he didn't want anything bad to happen to it. And, you know, the, the taskmaster, the master said, you could have at least put it in the bank and got me some insurance on it. You didn't do anything with it. You just hoarded it up and hid it away. That's not what God wants. He doesn't want us to hide things. He wants to show us what he has hidden within us so that it can come out of us and so that we can experience it as we let and help others experience it. I always say things like, if you want to feel forgiveness, forgive someone. If you want to feel grace, be graceful to someone. If you want to feel mercy, be merciful to someone. If you want to feel love, love someone. Because it's not about getting something. It's about giving what you've got. It's not about something external coming into you. It's about what's inside coming out of you. Again, it's the, that, that truth that we live from the inside out. It's the same thing that I've, you know, ranted on before about seek ye first the kingdom. We don't seek in order to find something we don't have. We seek in order to explore what we do have, to find out what we do have, and then to be able to use and enjoy and experience what we do have. And we do that with an attitude of gratitude. We do that by being thankful to the Lord for what he has blessed us with and what he has given us, instead of always, you know, walking around like a pauper with our hand out, hoping that we can get something that we think we don't have. Which again, we, we seem to think the best way to get something we think we don't have is by being someone we're not. And that's never what God wants for you. He does not ever want you to be somebody that you're not. He created you to be who you are. He created you specifically to be you. And he puts you in the place that you're at right now so that you can reach people that possibly only you can reach. God doesn't make accidents. God doesn't let things always happen by happenstance. God has a plan. He, he, he positions people where they need to be 
because God does work in mysterious ways because God works through people and people are super mysterious. Sometimes it's you meeting up with somebody who has a need and you having the ability to meet that need, right? Remember we talked about all this, some, some plant, some water, but it's God who brings the increase. So when we're talking about hidden things and we're talking about discovering them, it's not our effort. It's God's effort. It's never labor and works on our part to get something spiritual. It's always receiving and releasing what God has done, who God is, what God shows us. Which is kind of what 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says. It reads, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And unfortunately, there's kind of a, a big, you know, religious idea that this means that Jesus is, is coming again, the quote unquote second coming, and he's going to come as he did before in, in, in one human body and things are going to change. But I don't necessarily subscribe to that because I think Jesus appears to us all of the time. I think anytime somebody loves somebody, Jesus appears because that's who Jesus is. God is love. So anytime somebody loves you, you just saw Jesus. Anytime you love somebody, you just showed them Jesus. That's when we know uh, him as he really is. And that's when we be like him as he really is. We let him love us and then we love him back by loving each other with the same love that he has loved us with. Uh, in, in John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? It's like we're waiting for something else. And unfortunately, you know, the the whole entire people of Israel, uh, I, I believe, are still waiting for the Messiah to come because they rejected Jesus when he came over 2,000 years ago because he didn't look like what they thought he should look like. And he didn't say the things that they thought he should say, and he didn't do the things that they thought he should do. He didn't fit into their box or their idea of, of what God was supposed to be. And uh, I had a teacher one time who I asked him if he believed in God, and he said, well, yeah, I do, but I don't believe God created man. I believe man created God, because when I read the Bible, I see a God who is much closer to man's image than a man who is close to God's image. And a lot of times it's hard to disagree with that, especially when you look at the old covenant, the old Testament God who would get angry and who would go to war and who would order the slaughter of his enemies and all these different things. But what you have to understand is in the old Testament, under the old covenant, the people did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit. So all the, the, the best that they could do was to interpret God through themselves. The only way to make God make sense was to make him like us. And then Jesus came wrapped in sinful flesh as we are, a human man. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So in some ways, Jesus validated this idea. He said, God is just like you, except that what we saw in Jesus is a man wrapped in sinful flesh who was without sin. We saw a man who was full of love, who loved people. 
And that's the difference. That's what Jesus came to show us. He came to show us that God is just like it. He's a human being full of love. God in the flesh, love in a body. That's who Jesus is. That's what our true identity is. And that's kind of what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 in the King James Version. It reads, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. John is saying very strongly and very specifically that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Which is why it's so important that we understand how he is. When you see Jesus in the mirror, you see your true self. When, uh, when God discovers or, or reveals those hidden things, that's when we can see them and understand them and experience them. It's not about what we do to try to be more like him because we're already like him. That's what we saw in 1 John chapter 3. It says, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. And again, I think that appearing happens every day. I think as we grow in grace and in the knowledge of God, we appear more like him as he appears more and more to us and in us and through us and as us. It's all about God loving us, filling us with his love so that we can then fill ourselves with what he has already filled us with so that it will come out naturally. When we're talking about these hidden things and uncovering these hidden things, these are not things that we have to discover. These are things that God is revealing to us. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 3. I want to read verses 3 and 4 in the New Living Translation and then verse 4 in the King James. In the New Living Translation, 1 Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 3 reads, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. It's the, it's the inner man. It's the inner working. It's what's inside of you that matters. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you fluff and buff and polish yourself up so you look good. What matters is what you do, and what you do flows from the heart. You do what you believe. Because again, guys, you know, it's not works and labor. We don't do in order to be. We do because we be. So we need to know what we be. And what we be is Jesus. As he is, so are we in this world. We are God's children. He's shown us who he is. So verse 4 of chapter of 1 Peter chapter 3 in the King James reads, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is, in the sight of God, of great price. That's our true selves. That's our true identity, the hidden man of the heart. It's what's inside of us that really matters. And, you know, uh, we, we hear all these things like, you know, beauty is only skin deep and, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, all these different things. But it seems like at the end of the day, we want to look the best that we can instead of necessarily being the best that we can. And that's backwards. That's 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 never going to work. There's always a bigger fish. There's always going to be somebody that, that you know, looks better than you or can do something better than you or, or whatever the case may be. But like I said before, God has put you in a very specific position to love in the way that only you can. To reach people 
in the way that only you can. I like to use myself as an, as an example of this, not to pat my own back, but just because I prefer to use myself as an, uh, uh, as an example so nobody else gets offended. But for the first probably four years of my son's life, it was me and him 24-7. We were together all of the time. And that's a bond that is very, very hard to create or to recreate or in some cases even to understand. There's so many times when, like, I know what he's thinking. And it, it still to this day, he's 10 now, and still to this day, it baffles him. And I'm like, buddy, I, <laughs> I've been paying a lot of attention to you for a long, long time. And my point is, is that when you really have that opportunity to build a connection with someone, to build a relationship with someone, you can love them in ways that nobody else can. You can affect them in ways that nobody else can. He trusts me because he knows that I've always had his back every single day of his life. So even when I tell him things that he might not like to hear, even when I, you know, parentally tell him to do things that he doesn't necessarily want to do, he will do them. Not because he's afraid that I'm going to punish him, but because he trusts me, because he knows I have his best interests at heart. And in the same way, that's what it means to be childlike with our Heavenly Father, to trust him no matter what, to know that he has our back, to know that he has given us everything that we need. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the Heavenly Christ. He has given us exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. We know all things because we have an unction from the Holy One. Guys, we're not incomplete and we're not lacking anything. The problem is, is that we don't always focus on the hidden man of the heart. We are corrupted with external things on an external surface level instead of the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And a meek and quiet spirit is of great price in the sight of God because when you have a meek and quiet spirit, you're being still and you're knowing that he is God. You're listening to that still small voice inside of you that says, I love you with every beat of God's heart in your chest. You don't have to run around like a chicken with its head cut off trying to impress God or trying to impress man. Before Jesus even started his earthly ministry, he was baptized and a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God was not pleased with Jesus because of what Jesus had done. God was pleased with Jesus because of who Jesus was and because of who God was. It was a father who was proud of his son. And then because of that, listen, a, a, the affirmation of a father will always empower a son to be who he really is. And that doesn't mean you try to walk in God's footsteps. It means you let him make his own footsteps with your feet. It means instead of trying to be like him, you understand that we are like him. As he is, so are we in this world. We don't have to try to be somebody we're not. We just have to understand, realize, accept, and embrace who we really are. Let God show you who you are and then be who you are. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 reads, No, the wisdom we speak is of the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory, 
before the world began. It's not hidden anymore. The hidden man of the heart has been revealed. God has showed us who he is. That's what Jesus said to Philip. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's not a mystery anymore. The hidden man of the heart does not have to be hidden anymore. You can wear your heart on your sleeve. You can be vulnerable with people. You can show them love no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what they've done to you. Love is not a reaction to other people's actions. Love is a reaction to God's love for us. The Bible says in another place that we love because he first loved us. And in a, a, a different translation, it says we love him because he first loved us, which goes back to what I'm always saying about receiving and releasing his love, about returning God's love. God loves us and we love him back by loving each other. That's the divine order of things. That's how we receive it and release it. If you want to love God, love people. Like Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. This is not a complicated thing. It's a very simple thing. Receive and release the love of God. Let that inner man of the heart come out. Show people who God is, not by cramming Bible verses down their throats, not by condemning them for everything they've done wrong, but by loving them. That's who Jesus is. Remember the, uh, the woman at the well who, uh, who, you know, Jesus said, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with right now isn't even your husband. And the people were going to stone her because she was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus said, let the one without sin throw the first stone. And they all went away, you know, embarrassed because they all had their own sins. And then Jesus said, where are all your accusers? And she said, they're all gone. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. Jesus came to save the world. Jesus did not come to give us a religion. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. And the distant, the difference, excuse me, between death and life is love. If you have no love, you have no life. But if you know love, you will know life. Because they aren't just connected, they're the same thing. To live is to love, and to love is to live. You can't have one without the other, and you can't do one without the other. The hidden man of the heart is the love that Jesus has put inside of us. And when that love comes out, that's how we, in a sense, reveal to ourselves and to others who Jesus is. He reveals himself to us, and he also reveals himself through us. So let's look at Colossians chapter 1. I want to read verses 26 and 27 in the New Living Translation. And then I want to read verses, and then I want to read verse 27 in the King James Version and the Amplified Version. And then I'll close for tonight. You guys know I don't, I don't ever try to keep you too long. Uh, I just try to give you something to, to chew on, but not to choke on. Hopefully something that's practical. Some, hopefully something that will help you, uh, you know, in your daily life. That's the whole point of Word Without Walls is to make the gospel accessible, to to knock down all the religious walls and, and all, all, all the things that might stand between you, really, and a better life. Because that's why Jesus came. He said so himself. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the thing that makes the abundant life abundant is love. So my whole goal for this whole thing is to help you understand God's love 
so that you can experience it by loving people. So let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. It says, This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. The hidden man of the heart is Christ living in you. And if Christ lives in you, he will also live through you. Because what's in you is too big to stay in you. And it comes out naturally when you know and believe that it's in there. When you know and believe that God loves you, your life will be full of love. When, And I'll tell you why. Because God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. I've said this many times before too. If you're in a dark room and you turn the light on, you're not in a dark room anymore. The light trumps the dark every single time. When God arises, his enemies are scattered. So what we need to understand is that when God arises in us, we won't have any more enemies to fight. Everybody, especially religious folk, always seem to want to fight everything. We want to be on a sin hunt and we want to get the sin out of the camp and we want to clean people up and make sure they're on the right path. Guys, how about let people be who they are. Let people have their journey. Let people go at their own speed and just love them anyway. Because when you show them love, you will be doing what I believe Abraham Lincoln said when he said, I destroy my enemies by making them my friends. If you can love the hell out of somebody, that's so much better than trying to beat the hell out of them or scare the hell out of them. If you love somebody, there's no room for anything else. If you shine your light, there's no darkness. So the secret that has been revealed, which I hope you see is a, a, a big theme with, with this this episode today, the secret has been revealed. What was hidden is now come to light. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. When you know the glory, you share the glory. The, the, the only fight we're supposed to fight in the new covenant is the good fight of faith, which is laying hold of the gift that we've been given through our faith, through knowing and believing that God has given it to us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to get it. We already have it. We simply have to receive what we already have. It's like the idea of somebody putting money in your bank account. If you don't know what's in there, you're not going to spend it. And if you find out that it's in there, but you don't know how it got in there, you're going to be very leery of it. Because for the most part, we don't seem to think good things will happen to us. But if you know how that that money, or, or really in this case, how that love got there, if you understand the cross and the power of Jesus' sacrifice for you, if you know why and how God loves you, then you can accept it, you can receive it, and you can release it. In the King James Version, verse 27 reads, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what's so important for us to understand. That's Again, that's the hidden thing. That's the hidden man of the heart. That's the inner man. That's the incorruptible seed. That's everything that makes this life worth living is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I want to read this in the Amplified Bible because I don't want us to think the hope of glory means, well, I hope for the glory, but I might get it and I might not. I've, you know, I've ranted about hope quite a bit 
lately because I think it's important that we understand it. But I think the Amplified really, uh, really uh, helps us to understand this. So Colossians 1.27 in the Amplified Bible reads, God, in his eternal plan, chose to make known to them how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in and among you, the hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. And that's important because when you realize the glory, you will be able to release the glory. You're not hoping you get the glory someday. You're realizing you already have it. It's Christ in you and among you. It's Christ in you coming out of you. It's the hidden thing being revealed so that as you're living from the inside out, you can experience what's inside as it comes out and the people around you can experience it once it gets out. That's the whole point of this whole thing, right? is loving one another, making those connections and those relationships, letting the Christ that's in you come out of you, the hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. It's not a, a, a it's not so much a, a divine hope as it is a divine guarantee. We already have it because God has already given it to us. We don't have to go get it. We don't have to be somebody we're not in order to go get it. We can simply receive it and release it. We can simply know that God loves us and love him back by loving each other. That's the divine order of things. That's the whole point of this whole thing. And that's when what is hidden starts to be revealed. And once what is hidden begins to be revealed, that's when things get exciting. That's when things get fun. That's when people start to experience this abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of God, which is the gift of God, which is his life of love. As he lives it, in us, and through us, and as us. So that's what I had for this week. Uh, As always, thank you guys so much for all your support, and we will see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get my books that are written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by, uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, su- you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to, uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.